Hello everyone, welcome back to the Team Talk podcast. This is episode two and today we're going to be talking about our current uh, team of the season so far for the Premier League. Um, so everyone say hello. 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 So, again, we're by Tom, Lawrence, Matt and Heath. Um, okay. We're going to be talking, we have a few like sort of talking points each that we're going to discuss before we get into the eleven. Um, and then after that, we're going to be doing our school predictions for the weekend, um, excluding probably the biggest game of the week, which is Chelsea-Liverpool, because these guys are nutters. Do you mean Norwich-Brentford tonight, yeah? Biggest game of the week? Chelsea-Liverpool? So anyway, Not Man City. Is that a relegation no. battle, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, getting into, getting into it straight away. Uh, we're going to move on to our first talking point, which is coming from somebody. You. From you, you Josh. Do you actually want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, go, you go. All right, so my talking point is, who do you think the young player of the season in the Premier League is so far? Out of two names, surely. I would, I would have to say, personally, Phil Foden from Man City. Yeah, I'd say Phil Foden. Yeah, is that a Phil Foden and Bakayo Saka? 100%. Yeah. I would say incredible. Why, why would you say Saka? Give me, some, give me some talking points about him. I'm perfectly honest. I, I can't give you a reason why I've picked Saka over Foden. I've just gone for Saka. Do you know what I mean? But okay. I, think, I think Saka is one of the most exciting players in English football at the moment because he's so young and he's still developing. And I think that every single game that I watch him, he's he's the standout performer, I think. Every Arsenal game, I think he's a standout performer. He's consistent. Uh, when he played for England, and I, I know obviously he was playing in that wing-back role that he's not entirely used to, but he still looked good. Um, yeah, I, I just think, I just think he, he's, he's an exciting player and I like him. The difference for me when it comes to Saka and Foden is that Saka can do it all over the pitch. Saka can play left-back, left-middle, left-wing. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Foden's talent is arguably unmatched for his age group. Well, as 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 my counter counter comment to that, I would say Phil Foden at the moment is arguably probably one of the best right wingers slash inside forwards in the Premier League and he's top goal scorer, I believe, Martin E from Man City. No, he's he's got like three goals this season. No, he's got more than that. No, he's just he's genuinely scored three goals in the Premier this season. Really? Yeah. I'm fairly confident on that. Right? Has anybody got twelve on someone, please? But Phil, Phil Foden definitely... Well, Phil Foden, in my opinion, he plays centre-mid. But um, I don't... He's that good in his position. You don't need to play... You wouldn't play him left-back. You just wouldn't get him out of the game like that. And Saka is good, but he's good at Arsenal. There's, there's sort of a difference. You're asking Phil Foden to be the best player in a team full of world-class players. You're asking Saka to be a good player around okay players. That's you know Europa League team. He's do- Saka's doing it at a mid-table club. Phil Foden's playing at the team that's gone twenty games on now. And he's, he was nineteen when the season started as well. So Foden scored six goals. Forget about that. The fact that. The fact that Foden, like City are struggling, like they didn't have a striker, a recognised striker, and they're missing Aguero and they're missing Gabriel Jesus. And Foden was sort of stepping up and he was starting to score more goals and 
he was looking like more and more of a threat. Whereas Saka, like Arsenal have been really struggling and he, he didn't pull them out of that, if you get me. Like, I don't know, it's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. I, I would go for Foden over Saka. If I had to pick someone yeah. to go into my team, it would be Foden. You say Saka is pulling out Arsenal when they're not playing well. But when Foden was doing it, they still had the likes of Bernardo. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They still had so many world-class players compared to Arsenal's team. It's a lot easier to pull Man City out of a rut than it is Arsenal. It's, but it's also harder for Foden to get into that City, city team and to yeah, keep his spot there. I think people forget how young he is because of how long he's been like a name yeah. now. He's got to fight for his position over what four world-class players in Man City. Saka, he's they haven't got an out and out left back, have they really? So, or out and out like left forward. So, that's what I'd say. He was competing with Maitland Niles, like. Yeah, and he's now gone on loan and anything. So, that's why I would say Foden. So, has everyone gone for Foden? Is that what the general. Well, I've got Saka to, to mention him. So I oh, I'm going I'm to still vote Saka. So, that's three votes to two. So, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right, so three votes for Foden, two votes for Saka. So, overall, I guess Foden is the young player of the season so far. I bet he can't wait to think that he's the young player of the season. <laughs> yeah. Who was next then for talking points? Who would like to go next? Oh, you go. You go. You go. <laughs> no, so my talking point was it's a quick one about the Brighton goal that never was and the controversy regarding the AR and the referees and. So I don't know if I don't know if any of you saw it, but I was watching it and um, Brighton had a free kick just left the centre of the box. And um, the referee blows his whistle, but Stockdale for Westbrook was on his right hand post, checking the wall. So Lewis Dunk does what any player would and shoots into an open goal and scores. Mm. Referee goes hang on a minute. Quick, hang on a minute. Like the, the keeper wasn't ready. Like hold on. Then Lewis Dunk's like, well, you've blown the whistle. So that's obviously a goal. And the referee remembers that he'd blown the whistle. I was a chat to his lino. Gives the goal. And VAR pipes up and goes, hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, we think we can hear like a... Apparently, I didn't know what was going on when I was watching it live. I don't think anyone's know what was going on. I had Paul Merson in the other room on Gillette Soccer Saturday. having absolutely no idea what was going on. It was an absolute shamble. It took too long. VAR then gets in his ear and says, oh, we think we can hear a whistle before the ball gets to the back of the net, so you have to retake the free kick. And that took, again, some time to get down, the information to get fed down to the pitch, and then the referee tells the players and captains everything like that. And eventually, the free kick got retaken, and Lewis don't miss, and we all know what happened, West Brom goes on it. But my argument is, is, is the problem VAR or is VAR highlighting that the referees aren't good enough? I mean, I've been, I've been saying this for ages. I don't think that refereeing is up to scratch. I really don't. I think some of the refereeing decisions that are going on, like, well, not even just this season or last season. It's, it's been for quite a few seasons now, I'd say. I really don't think that it's been up to scratch. But it makes it even worse now because they can hide behind VAR. And I what I don't understand yeah. is everyone, everyone always talks about like, oh, VAR's bad, oh, VAR's this, VAR's that. I don't think there's anything wrong with VAR. I really don't. At the end of the day, it's a piece of technology. VAR 
is only talked about in a bad way because of the people that use it and the people that the people that are making the decisions on the like going by the information that they're getting through this technology. I think it's nothing to it's nothing about VAR at all. It's about the people using it, which ultimately are the referees and the. Officials. I personally hate VAR with a passion. I just it's so unnecessary in my opinion. Like I think it's not eliminated human error from the game, and it never was. The only thing it's brought to the game is more uncertainty and just and probably poorer decision making. And it just ruins the game. It's like VAR has seems to be given more penalties than ever before, but disallowing more goals than ever before. And it just seems to be, it's the talking point every weekend. Yeah, it does seem to be taking the fun out of football, doesn't it? Because you see all like these um, ex-pros like Alan Shearer and that saying that players can't even celebrate when they have a goal anymore. Which takes out the fun in football, um, especially when, you're going to see live football matches as well. You don't know whether it's going to be a goal or not. It's, as, as you guys know, obviously, I've watched League One football and Lawrence will have the same with Championship football. But I watch fuck awful refereeing decisions every week. I don't have to watch them then go back over it on VAR. And to be honest with you, it's, it's so much better that way. You just go, oh, the ref was awful. You got it wrong, but you don't actually know, so it's fine. You know, it, it, it was better that way. People, it was a talking point. It wasn't the focus of every game. Was football bad? Was football that bad anyway before VAR? I don't know. So, so, like so referee decisions. Are you saying that you'd much prefer to be talking about poor referee decisions rather than VAR every single week? VAR is, it's just a massive. Well, the problem with VAR is they're expected to have got rid of human error completely, but it's not worked. So now it's all anyone talks about. Whereas if a referee gets a decision wrong before you say, you say to yourself, he's got that wrong, but you know, he's, he's had one look at it. He, people say they want refs to come out after and do interviews. I personally read, I, I don't want to see Mike Dean making big decisions so that he can get himself on TV after to talk about it because some of the referees are definitely going to have that sort of ego. But I'd, you know, I'd rather, you know, back in the day a referee made the wrong decision you'd have people whinge about it but that was it you wouldn't have the argument of well he's watched it on TV over and over he's seen it like every angle and they've still got it wrong and then they've added so many other silly parts of what defines like what at what point should they overturn a decision and stuff like that like when's it clear and obvious I see I agree with some of the things you're saying um like there, there needs to be more work to it. Like so many other sports make a video assisted referee work. Like football hasn't got to that stage yet, but I don't agree by saying it's, you know, a bad thing to come into football because you get, you do get right decisions given now. Whereas, you know, someone could be offside and it could be the difference between a team going down or winning the league. But because we can see that they're offside and they're 100% offside. Like, you can't argue about offsides anymore because you can see that they're offside. 
just it, last season, a team went down that should have stayed up because of I, the... I 100% agree with that. Because Sheffield, uh, it was the Villa game, wasn't it? Where yeah. the ball's gone in the net. They've not given the decision. They've stayed up by those points. The other team's gone down. And you can so, see, you can see by VAR that the ball crossed the line, but VAR wasn't used to, you know, and they've used goal line technology. So I think there is, there's a place for VAR in football. It needs to be worked on. But um, yeah, I, it's a tough one again, but I don't agree that it's a terrible thing to have in football. I definitely think there's a place for it. Yeah, I agree with the fact that there should be a place for it. The few tweaks for me would be one defining clear and obvious. There's been plenty of times up and we don't know. And two, let us listen to the referees. Let us yeah. hear. Yeah, get microphones on them. Spot on. You hear, you hear it in cricket. You hear it in rugby. Let us listen to the referees. Biggest thing I think it takes away though is for the fans that are in the stadium, which, in my opinion, are the most important people. They're the ones whose experiences are going to be getting shafted. You look at City v Tottenham in the Champions League semi final again, and, and this did lead to a right decision. But that's, that's the thing, Matt. You can't you can't just say, "Oh, we want the fans to have a good experience in the grounds." when the wrong decisions are being made, like you need the right decisions. Like there's no but if, the, if the decision making's still not a hundred percent perfect, then it's then it's pointless anyway, because it's there have been goals where they've whacked out the shadiest of lines and their lines don't work because they don't have perfect vision on the pitch. They don't have free their cameras aren't everywhere on the in the stadium. They're not lined up perfectly with everything. So a lot of these offside decisions where they're given it off by like this much and they're changing whether it's the bottom of the sleeve or the top of the sleeve. There's so many human errors still going. I think there are more errors from VAR going on than there are Without correct it. decisions. And it's it's okay. other stuff like it's the offsides where they let players play the whole play out and they're risking players getting injured. And then just because they already know it's offside, but then they minos don't feel comfortable anymore making the decision they so, go well, we'll wait for the computer to do it again going off what you've just said i'd like to take you back to my point which was i don't think it, var is just technology var is not whacking up these dodgy lines it's the people using them yeah i i, I really strongly think that var absolutely is a good thing and it should be in football it's the people using it they make I, I, so, sometimes you see you see like some decisions that you think, how is it that with VAR, everybody at home, every pundit, every player watch, watching the footage, but you're watching thinks it's this, but you've given this. How, how is that? How is right, that? Well, my, my question is to you then, because it's been around for six or seven years now, VAR. And have you ever seen it at all in anywhere in the, country, like, the world that's been using VAR? use it right for a whole season. I haven't, and I don't think we're going to, which is why I'd rather but, just get rid of it. But I, that's why I agree with Josh, because other um, other sports have made it work and are making it work every season they play with ease. So we're other, making it work. Other sports are slower. I agree with Josh and say that it's the people using it. And I think other, we're so stuck sports. in our ways because we don't want to make our... Rep, like At the start of it, we didn't want to make our refs look stupid. So we would give them the benefit of the doubt. And now it's gone completely the other way. And, you know, it's taken away from the referees. And now, like, it's just a massive cluster of badness. 
I would, I would say that I think the best example of VAR being used correctly, consistently, would be in the World Cup. I think the VAR, I, I, can't, I can't think of, a, of very many VAR decisions that I think, mm, that wasn't right in the World Cup. I, I, I honestly can't. Can you remember any VAR decisions in the World Cup? Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember, what, what was it, against Peru? Uh, England versus Peru? And they were, like you know, you get like I think Harry Kane got rugby tackled in the box or something like that for a corner. Normally, that never would have been given because nobody would have seen that. But that that is a penalty. Like it is. Like the the thing with referees, yeah, they can miss things that they're human. They can't see everything on the pitch. So if something happens that the ref doesn't see, it can't be punished without VAR. Like, um, I think that's a good thing to be added to football. Like. If the referee can't see everything, why not give him a bit of assistance? You know. Yeah, I'm gonna to have to say we'll have to move on to our next talking point because we've been we have been discussing this for quite a while. No it's a heated one. So who's next? Yeah, I can go if you want, boys. Go on, Tom. Right. So my talking point this week um, is going to be Lingard for West Ham. Um, obviously, he's uh, moved there from Manchester United uh, in the January transfer window on loan to the end of the season. He's played five games, got three goals and one assist. Um, against Man City, he was arguably one of the outstanding performers on the pitch, if not definitely for West Ham. He made, um, he was shaking the defence when he was uh, picking up the ball in deep areas. Obviously, a quality player. My two questions to you, guys, is um, one, does he get back into the Man United team if he goes back? And two, if he doesn't go back to Man United... What does he do at the end of the season? Does he stay at West Ham or does he try and move abroad? Does he try and move to a different Premier League club? Um, we'll go with the we'll go with the Man United uh, question first. So does he get back into the United squad? For no. no. Give me some reasons, Nate. It's it's nothing. It's nothing to do with him like solely. It's just the way that Bruno is playing at the moment. You can't put Lingard in over Bruno. Like Bruno has been. Is he a good for United? So, like, yeah. no matter... Would he, not, would he not be a rotational player for you? I mean, he, he obviously could do that job, but then you've got other players like Van der Beek and, you know, these other players that have come in, they've got to be given their chance. Lingard had his chance and he started playing terribly for United. Mm. And yeah. I'm glad to see him picking up a bit of form. And if he can carry it on, then that's good for him. And maybe he can, you know, make a push to get in that Euro squad. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I don't think he comes back to United and, and gets in the team. Like, I kind know. of think it also it's, it's him playing well at West Ham is obviously helping himself, and probably, yeah. arguably it could be helping the Man United team as well. Because if players like Van der Beek, if they're looking at him thinking he's going to be coming back in the summer, they're going to be worried about their positions in the team as well. Um, so I think it's 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 such a good move for him and the club. Yeah. Obviously, as well, before he went out to West Ham, if we're going to sell him, we probably weren't going to get any more than, what, 20 million max for him. Yeah. Now, now he's looking like one of the, arguably one of the best attacking midfielders in the Prem, uh, playing for West Ham, obviously doing, having a really good season. Um, so the, um, the thing with him as well is, you know, would he want to come back and be a bit part player behind Bruno? You know, yeah. would he want to come back to United and then sit on the bench again and wait for Bruno to be injured or wait for a rotation of the squad or whatever. You know, he could, yes. he could, like he's shown at West Ham, he could go to West Ham and he could get in that team and be one of the first names on the team sheet and he would play well there. 
Like he's not yeah. a bad player. This year's yeah. after his West Ham baby, just like I just love football. I just love playing football. For me, if I was him, I would I would make the West Ham permanent because obviously he's a right, he's a fit for them. He's doing very well. He's in form. Why not be a hundred percent starter pushing for Champions yeah. League? 100%. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with you there, Lawrence. I reckon he should. Um, I kind of like part ways with Man United now. Like he did have a couple good good couple seasons at Man United. I think obviously he's gone off the boil. I think he did have some personal issues as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah. With his with his mum and whatnot. But obviously, I think he should just like turn that page now. I mean, going to West Ham as well. How old is he as well? Is he twenty eight years old? Lingard? Matt, you'll probably know. Something like that. Yeah. Something. You're thinking like that's like the peak of your football. And that, so yeah, I hey, think so, he wants to be playing week in week out. So uh, I would say that I mean I mean I mean for for West Ham, correct me if I'm wrong. He plays slightly further up the pitch, doesn't he? Then just in sort of like the centre and midfield, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's an attacking midfielder, yeah. isn't he? He's like so um, four nows, ten sides a lot. So again, yeah. I don't necessarily think that he would get into United. Get in the Chelsea team. Um, <laughs> however, I I don't know. Maybe maybe you might want to play him. Or Bruno as like sort of a false nine and not playing out and out striker because I think that he's probably better than Martial at the moment. Lingard gets in the United team ahead of Martial, Dan James, uh, Mason Greenwood. But I think thing is as well. I think I mean it's not just United. It happens to every single Premier League club. Uh, well, Ch- Chelsea is is a big like a, a massive notable one. But I think the problem is like you've got you've got these these clubs that loan out that loan out players. And then the the correct decision they they go off they have like some ama- they play some amazing football, then they have like this decision to make after their loan spell where they think do I move on or do I go back? And I think you saw it with um, you saw it with Dean Henderson. I think it was the wrong decision for him to go back to United. If I'm what? Because he was playing every single game for Sheffield United. He was one of the best. He was one of the best keepers in the league last season, and now obviously he doesn't get in over De Gea, which. I don't. I, I don't really know what he expected. Well, he was right, if you're Dean, if you're Dean Henderson, then what do you want him? To, do you want him to go back on loan to Sheffield United again? Who, who are going to get relegated? Or, no. or do you want? How does he get himself into being England's number one, being in the Champions League, in the how biggest club in the world? Himself, yeah. How does remember. he get himself there without? It necessarily have to be Sheffield United. I just think it was the wrong decision for him to go back to United. Well, whether he made his move to Sheffield permanent or whether he went to a different club, I I I just think it was the wrong decision. But he's he's still young as a goalkeeper. He's still really young, and De Gea hasn't like as much as it pains me to say as a United fan, De Gea hasn't got much more in him. Like you see him starting to slow up. Like he's still an incredible goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong, but he's got you know, an some point they're going to have to get yeah. rid of it. And then I, Dean Henderson's there ready. Like he's a very good he, goalkeeper. You I mean, chuck Dean Henderson in, you risk doing to him what Chelsea did to Kepa. And that's taking yeah. a really good goalkeeper, exposing him, yeah. uh, and then and then it not working out. It almost happened to De Gea when he first joined United. He joined so young. And so, because he's young, he he made mistakes and he wasn't very good, realistically. Yeah. But they stuck with him and he got better and he became arguably the best keeper in the world for a period of his career. So you, you can't, like... Uh, you can't drop one of the world's best goalkeepers say, we're going to put you in here now. Every mistake you make, the fans are going to say, why are you doing this when we've got the hair? They're giving Dean Anderson a chance to steady get himself in the team. He plays well every time he's in there. He's, he'll in probably the play the whole yeah. Europa League. He might win a European trophy this season. 
I think he's get, gaining his own experience and he's pro, it's a different experience playing for a club like Man United than it is any other club on loan. Because yeah. you're exposed a lot more. If he makes a mistake, even in one of the small games, he's going to get a lot more abuse than, than the mistakes made at Sheffield United, like against Liverpool. Now, he Wait. made a mistake. He played against Sheffield United in the in the Prem, didn't he? He made that mistake like really early on in the game. But he must have been like so nervous. Yeah. Like yeah. if you imagine that every week, that's going to get to him. You know, he needs to build build up a bit of confidence, confidence playing for United. Like it's a massive club. It's a big yeah, step big up for Sheffield United. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's a Man United fan at heart as well. So it's yeah, massive yeah. for him. Alright, boys, we'll round that one off. Joshua, who's uh, going I'll, I'll go. I'll go next. I wanted to just uh, talk about um, Cardiff City under Mick McCarthy. So down in the real football leagues, uh, the championship. Mick McCarthy <laughs> took over Cardiff 10 games ago. They've won seven and drawn three in their last 10. They won 4-0 to Derby last night, who are themselves a decent-looking team uh, under Rooney. Or better than they were anyway. Uh, they've just gone into the sixth spot now. Uh, I just want to talk about how good a manager Mick McCarthy is because I think he gets um, he gets this uh, one of these other English managers who gets this idea of dinosaur football probably put next to his name. Uh, he was at Ipswich for a long time. They never went. They went around mid table every year. Nothing spectacular, but the job there he was doing was incredible. The Ipswich fans wanted him out. They were saying it's boring. We should be going for the Prem. We're a Premier League club like a lot of clubs seem to think they are. And then the moment he leaves, relegation, mid-table League One, mid-table League One, probably going to be mid-table League One again. And then before that, he was at Wolves, got Wolves promoted. Uh, I just wanted to quickly talk about talk about that. I think Cardiff now is a long season, a lot of good teams in championship, but they're in a really good position and we could be seeing them in the Prem next year. I think he's done a quality job. I, As much as it pains me to say as Norwich City fan, I... I think that McCarthy is a quality manager. Well, the job he did at Ipswich is not talked about enough. The fact that he kept them in that, the fact they kept them in that league, let alone got them in the playoffs a few seasons, probably um, a few times. The second he gets sacked, where they finished bottom of the league, struggling incredibly bad, haven't finished in the playoffs once in League One, mid-table, just sacked Paul Lambert, who is probably probably before his appointment at Ipswich was thought about to be a better manager than Mick McCarthy. Yeah, and before as well. I, I'm so as a Norwich fan, I'm so glad we've played Cardiff twice and beaten twice because they've got Watford to play, they've got Swansea to play, which I think they'll beat. I think they'll beat Swansea at the Liberty. They've also got Brentford to play. I'm so as as a as a biased opinion, I'm really happy for Cardiff. They've got to play our rivals soon. There, I, there a lot of teams going for that sixth spot. A lot of good teams. But Cardiff, uh, they might be one of the favourites for it now. Realistically, you don't want if Cardiff make playoffs, you don't want them in the playoffs. No. Cool. I think he's in a quality job. Very underrated manager. Very good manager. Am I right in saying he was in the was he in the Northern Ireland South at one point? Was that something he did? He was Republic of Ireland manager yeah. for two years, and then he went to Cyprus. Yeah, completely underrated in my opinion. Really good manager. Well, I'm happy for him. Right. Uh, was there one more talking point, Nate? Was there? Yeah. yeah. Um. I want to talk about Gareth Bale in his current form. Um, obviously, he's ha- had a shocker at Real Madrid. Um, not been getting played, sat on the bench. Comes over to Tottenham. To begin with, he looked like he was just going to be a flop. 
Um, but in the past four games, four goals and three assists. Some good goals as well. Very good goals. Good numbers as well, that, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, yeah I've all, you have got to also argue about the quality of opponent he was playing because who was he playing in the Europa League? Yeah, I mean, but you can only play the team in front of you and they have yeah, been playing properly, you know, so, true. you know. Um, but my question to you, boys, is can he get back to starting, like being one of the first names on the team sheet for Spurs, can he get that back? But also, can he get back to the form that he was in when maybe not world-class, but, you know, can he be that player again? I think he can definitely get into the first team at Spurs. So the only reason he won't go to back to Prime Vale is Jose Mourinho. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, actually. Yeah. Doesn't suit that free flow. In the yeah, I think um, Jose Mourinho's formations ask too much of him defensively. Um, especially, we know what Jose Mourinho's football is like. So, um, and obviously Bale was, when he was at Madrid, he was arguably, again, unplayable, but... Yeah. I just don't think he'll get back to the prime only because he was going to be asked to do too much defensive work for Jose Mourinho and he doesn't want to do that. He's He is a luxury player as well, I think. I think a lot of people like underestimate how much of a luxury player he is. But He is getting on a bit now as well. Mind. He's not He's not like he's not like your sort of mid-20s anymore. So you, do you see him changing his position and changing the, way, like the style he plays now? Do you see him not being that right winger and he starts going a bit more central? I'd like know, to. That's quite a hard question, actually. I think when you watch Bell, he looks like maybe he's fell out of love of football a little bit. Yeah, so I, I, I don't. I, yeah. I don't think yeah. he'll have a longer. I don't think he'll have long left in his career. I give him maybe to the next World Cup, and then once he he decides he's going to sack it in for Wales, he'll either make a big money move or he'll just. Retire because I a lot of footballers do just dislike football and they just do it because they're good at it, you know. And I, I think because of what's happened at Real Madrid, he's you know, I, then, so that's fair enough. And I think anyone in that situation would struggle to keep their love for football. But if he starts finding form and he carries on for the rest of the season, don't you don't you see him getting that love back? Uh, because it's definitely like when you're playing bad and you're not getting played and it will take a toll but once you start playing well again and you know you're going to end up hearing fans singing your name and like all of that stuff it, it must bring something back for you I know because I don't think it's the on the pitch stuff that he's fell out of love with I think it's the whole way the how football works as a whole it's the being on the front page of the press being accused of being lazy and you know it's stuff like Mourinho come out and said that Bale lied about picking up the knot. No, he said Bale lied about having a good training session. He said he didn't. He didn't turn up for it. Lazy. Didn't do that. You know, it's. I think he's. It's not that. I'm sure every person enjoys being on the pitch and scoring a winning goal in front of thousands of fans and stuff. I think it's the whole what the package that comes with being a footballer. That I'm sure is what he's probably fallen out of love with, and it's just. After every year, the more money he makes because he's rich and he doesn't need like he doesn't need to go on forever. Obviously, football's a short career as it is, but I, I I just think that after a few more years, he'll either head off to China and take the big money, or he'll just retire. Well, I think I think short term, 
I think he will definitely start for Spurs because, I mean, he's never going to start over Kane. He's never going to start over Son. But I do believe that he is better than Lucas Moura and I do believe that he is better than Steven Bergwijn. And I think that he deserves his place there. Um, I I mean, everyone, everyone knows what Bale can do. And ever, everyone everyone knows what, what Bale has been for Real Madrid and what Bale has been for Spurs. But I think that... You know what? What people don't appreciate is that he was—he was never going to come to Spurs and then hit form straight away because he there was so like you know he wasn't playing any football for such long spells of time, and you know you, you know you could argue like oh yeah well he has been training yeah but it's it's not it's not sort of like true to match fitness like tra- training will never be the same as playing a match, and I don't know I just I just think it was a bit unfair for. Um, Rather than to start pointing fingers at him straight away, saying that oh he's been a massive flop since he's come back. No, I mean you just, you've got to, you've got to let players settle back in. And but, I do believe that he is that better player. I do believe that he. I think Spurs' front three should be Bale, Kane, and Son. And I think that front three is, if you know, probably one of the best front threes in the league. I, I honestly do believe that. An argument against this idea that you need half a season to get match fit to be able to start more than one game in a row. Jesse Lingard didn't play football for over a year. And yeah, he clearly, I, I, this is, in my opinion, the difference between still being in love with with football and not. Jesse Lingard clearly kept putting the work on off the pitch. He stayed fit and he kept himself as good as possible. Yeah, if, Bale still, yeah, if Bale was that 21-year-old lad at Tottenham playing left-back, left-mid or whatnot, who'd picked up a year-long injury... I guarantee he'd have worked so hard that he fully, when he could play again, he'd be raised by 90 minutes each week. Don't you see that as Six months of 20-minute appearances to be able to get a start in the Europa League. You know, that's... Obviously, we don't see what goes on behind the the ground, but I think if Bale works that hard and still wanted to to do that, he'd have been starting from the start of the season and it wouldn't take until now for him to be in and probably put in because Jose Mourinho is under pressure himself. You know? Yeah, I this is Gareth Bale as well, by the way. Like this is his talent anyway, and his how good he is on the pitch. Like fitness is a massive point, but he should be in that Tottenham squad. I think he should be in that starting team. If he was in love with football, like Matt says, he would be in that team from from day dot, in my opinion. It's Gareth Bale, wasn't it? Like he's un- yeah. he was unbelievable, wasn't he? So gonna, I just think he might have run off. Right. We're going to have to move on to our team of season so far because time is ticking on. I don't think any of us realised how long <laughs> we were talking about that. So, um, again, we're going for like a little bit like last week, we're doing our Premier League 11, except this time it's going to be this current season, we're going to be talking about our team of the season so far. Um, so, obviously, yeah, we're going to be doing 4-3-3, is it? Yeah. Yeah, and are we are we gonna pick a holding midfielder or are we just gonna pick a, a three midfielders? Just three midfielders. Three midfielders. All right. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So again, we're gonna be going back to front, right to left. Yeah. So starting keeper, then right back, and then all the way yeah. up to left wing. So, who would like to throw a name in for goalkeeper first? I feel there. like there's there's only really two options, right? Yeah, yeah there's two options. So, I was, All right, Tom, who, who have you picked? I'm going for Martinez for Aston Villa. He is also my pick Martinez. He's my keeper. 
I've gone for Edison because he's got the most clean sheets this season, and I don't you I don't want to reward a player just because he's having a great season. But at a worse club doesn't mean he's having a better season than someone who's having a greater season at a better club. If that makes sense. Oh, the only reason I've gone for Martinez is because he's going to be facing more shots per game yeah. than Edison. That's um, true. Edison's so that's got, the only reason. Edison is there, but Martinez for me just adds. Gone there, sorry. Edison. Edison's conceded sixteen goals this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Martinez has conceded twenty six. So in comparison, like you know, the difference between. Um, the Aston Villa team and the Man City team, like to concede 16 goals with, you know, Man City is is quite a lot in comparison to 26 as Aston Villa. Like Aston Villa are obviously having a good season. But then um, uh, Martinez, in his whole career, he's made 39 appearances in the Prem. If and City... Like, and he's kept 19 clean sheets and 24 of those appearances and 13 of those clean sheets have been this season. Like he's, he's been incredible this season and he... He has been, like, the best, in my opinion. That's true. But if City only concede, I think it's four more goals between now and the end of the season, which is possible that they don't concede more than that, then only one club slash keeper has ever conceded less in the season. And that's, uh, like, for a, a whole 30 game season. That's Petr Cech at Chelsea this season, where Chelsea only conceded, I think it was 14 goals in a year. I think 16 goals, 30 games. 15. Very good. And it's a different task to be a goalkeeper who doesn't do anything for 60 minutes in a match and then has to then make a save. In some ways, it's probably more difficult to keep yourself switched on. And he also, he's got more assists than than the likes of... Um, oh, good, oh, good. Vidnaldum, he's got more assists than Vidnaldum this season from goalkeeper. Like, that is enough. I know got a lot of people say goalkeeper's job is to save shots, but he also is, he's the start of City's attacks. He's the he's the reason sit. He's the reason that Stones and Diaz can go stand next to their strikers because they know any ball that goes over the defenders' Edison's there to mop it up anyway. Realistically, I mean, I, I'm happy everyone, for Martinez to go in, but I think Edison's probably. I think everyone can agree that Edison is obviously a very very good goalkeeper, but I think you know Martinez playing for Aston Villa, he is coming in front of a lot more shots. He's just, and considering, you know, he was, he was playing for Arsenal for I don't know how many years, but he didn't get a look in. And then this is his first season where he fully gets a look into a starting 11. And he, I think he's taking it with both hands. I think he's doing very well. Okay, I think we can all agree that Martinez is the goalkeeper then. Yeah. 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 Edison, honourable mention, but. Yeah. I've got some stats to back up. Um, Martinez just quickly before we move on he's yeah. faced the double the shots that Edison has and has a higher save percentage so Edison has, has only has only had 41 saves to make at a 71% save success and Martinez has had 92 saves to make at a 78% success rate yeah so it's higher and over double the amount of saves so that's why he's in my team yeah yeah I mean, I, I mean, he's having a phenomenal season, isn't he? And I, I mean, even at Arsenal, I thought he was a good keeper, um, especially when we saw him make a few like sort of cameo appearances last last season. I thought, I think, yeah, yeah he was solid. All right, moving on. 
to our right-back position. <laughs> um, I know that we, we, tr- we try not to discuss it uh, before recording, but we had a few little bust-ups, didn't we, in Xbox parties and stuff like that about our right-back position. Uh, Lawrence um, sort of started most of those arguments. So, <laughs> so I think it's only fair that we start with Lawrence for the right-back position. I'll have you know, I never... So, previous to this, I didn't want to discuss the teams. Matt Chambers assumed I didn't have this player in my team. You said you didn't have him in there, mate. That's... Jao Cancelo. You've gone for Jao Cancelo? Yeah. With Matty Cash as an honourable mention. Because he realised he's... That's so, fair. So, I've also yeah. for Jao Cancelo. Yeah. It's no, Jao. It, it is Jao Cancelo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. However, I would like to I would like to say that at one point, and he can deny it all he wants, but when me, Lawrence, and Matt were in an Xbox party, Lawrence did say that he plays left back. Well, he does when Walker's on the pitch. Yeah, well, if, my, if my aunt had he's Will, not left back though, isn't he? <laughs> he's not a left back. Yeah, I know, but I didn't say he's a left back. I said he's a Will, he's a bit of a back. He does. <laughs> all right. So, he's had an incredible season, just to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's been very well. He's all season. We've all got him as our pick. He's going down. Yeah. Um, did anyone want to say anything more on him, or is it just like he speaks for himself? Yeah, he's just he's just quality, isn't he? He's just awesome. He's Moving on to yeah. what was that, Tobo? No, I'm just saying he's completely different this season. Like he's unriddled. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, moving on to our first of our centre back positions. I know I struggled a little bit. I, I, I put one name down straight away for a centre back position, but then the second one. Isn't there one we all agree with, basically? Do we not all agree on Ruben Diaz? Yeah, 100%. Yes, that's been for City this season. That's yeah. just Ruben Diaz as well, yeah. yeah. We can chuck him in. Again, he speaks for himself. First season in the Prem. He's absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's got the likes of John Stones next to him, who he's just completely. He's changed John Stones this season. He's just been absolutely phenomenal, I think. I love his positioning. I love his pace to get to, you know, to make recovery runs. His tackling's amazing. He's good in the air. He is just a great centre-back. Leading on from that, my next centre-back is John Stones. No. So is mine. Mine is as well. I, I've, put, I've put John Stones just because of their partnership, but I was, I was reluctant to put Stones down. Because I I feel it's Diaz that is making Stones look very good. He's having a good season, don't get me wrong, but Diaz has been incredible. And like, as a Man United fan, when I saw Vincent Company leave City, I was like, that's class. Like, that is a huge player. And when they didn't get another centre back in, I was sat there thinking, this is incredible. Like, there's a massive hole in their squad now and they're not filling it. And I feel like they've signed Diaz and he is that player. Like, he's been incredible. I'm going to chuck another name here because, in my opinion, this lad deserves to be in for sure. Ezri Konza from Aston Villa. He's got, he's got the most clean sheets of a centre-back in the Premier League this season. He's got the most blocks. His tackles no. are ridiculously high. He's just... Him, Tyrone Mings and Martinez have formed that triangle at the back that they play every game together. Uh you rarely see him make mistakes. He's always finding the right positions. He puts his body on the line. I, I think that um, he'd be in my team this season so far because what he 
brings to that team is much more important than what John Stones has maybe ought to see. Although he looked much better now, uh, they've they've still got times where he gets dropped and Laporte comes in. Like, but you can't can't drop Conzer at the moment. I was um I had Mings as a honourable mention. Um, I actually forgot about Conzer. I'm not gonna lie, but I knew. I watch your match a day every time I see him play, and he is he is outstanding. But I did have stones in my team because if Man City are on this run now, where they're what, 21 games unbeaten, like winning in a row, it's it's incredible, isn't it? So I think I feel like him and Diaz are the. I feel like it's a bit a bit unfair taking it away from John Stones, saying that Laporte comes into that team because switch, switching John Stones for Laporte is not a bad option, is it? Like. No, no, but I, in my head, you guys have put Martinez in ahead of Edison, and then sort of you've done this that on the idea of look at who team. Martinez has done this for. And Stone just played half the season and have obviously playing incredible, arguably the second best centre back in the league. But I don't think he's had the second best season in the league. You know, it's but team of the season. You've got to look at the whole beforehand. You know, City were for a while sat around the eighth position, seventh position, and then yeah. So I really struggled picking my centre back, my second centre back. And in the end I did put I did pick stones. Um I really cannot I I couldn't think really of of another of another alternative that I think was having a better season. I would like to make an honourable mention and don't get me wrong he doesn't come Anywhere near the starting eleven, he he really doesn't. But it was Thiago Silva, sharp. Yeah, no. to say Thiago Silva. Oh my oh, god! No way! He's moved from PSG. Don't waste your time. He's moved from PSG. Thirty-six years old. Everyone thought, do you know what? He's thirty-six years old. The Prem's too. The Prem's too physical for him. He will never do it. He's coming. He hasn't done it. <laughs> Look at his debut. Look at his debut. Pulled up that Chelsea defence. He's completely short. Sure he? he doesn't play. He, yeah, he's got no. To be fair, he's got them battling from um, the Europa League this season. So, <laughs> he doesn't, if he, what a, he doesn't captain leader legend. What a player. Injured, he plays every game. That's a fact. Oh, so he doesn't even play your, in the Chelsea who team. Who's your options at Chelsea? Oh, yeah, you don't have any other options. Obviously, you're going to play Thiago oh, Silva. If Phil Jagielka was playing every week for Sheffield United, I wouldn't put him in just because he's almost 40. <laughs> what I'm saying is, he's 36 years old, and I think he's still one of he's still one of the most experienced, the most defensively. Oh yeah, experienced. He's 36 <laughs> years old. <laughs> he's 36, so, and he's he's still got experience. Yeah, of course he's what experienced. A... He's 36 years old and played at PSG. Yeah, but do you know how good he used to be? Do you know how good he yeah, used, used to be? be. <laughs> yeah. No, he's nowhere near the team. Christensen gets closer to the team than him because he's played more games. No, he hasn't. Christensen hasn't played more games than Thiago Silva. Uh, oh, mate, okay, Rudiger. Rudiger gets no, closer. No, uh, Fafana and Johnny Evans deserve honourable mentions. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Johnny Evans is a quality centre-back. It sounds like you guys have gone for John Stones, but that's fine. Yeah, you're going for Stones then, yeah? Can I just put a shout out there for if this player was not injured, he would arguably be in this team, and that is Soyonchu for Leicester. Because last season he was an absolute and I, beast and he got injured. But then if you throw any draws to Virgil van Dijk, who 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, no, that was an obvious one, but I thought I'd give Sorensen a little mention. Can I say quality? Um, Tarkovsky from West Ham. What? No, no, what? no. I'm from Burnley. <laughs> Burnley. Sorry. Sorry. Burnley. He's good. Yeah. I don't mind him. Good player, but. I'd actually hang on on that on that topic. I would I would mention Ogbonna because West Ham in the top four and yep. him and Declan Rice and yeah. a couple of other players. Josh, yeah, we'll get to Declan Rice in a minute. If Josh is able to say Thiago Silva, am I allowed to say um, Harry Maguire? No. <laughs> I say can I say Vidic because he used to be experienced. <laughs> so left back. Um. There's three options for me, but I think there's only what so there's three honorable mentions, two honorable mentions, and one standout for me. Who are, you, who are two honorable mentions? My two honorable mentions are Aaron Cresswell and Luke Shaw, and Digne is my left back. Ah, uh, see, my Aaron Cresswell's my left back because he's got the most uh, most assists, most clean sheets. Luca Dean's only got three clean sheets this season, so I as much as he brings got- attacking offensively, he's just not. They've not done enough of the defence as a club and he's part of that. So, they're quality player. Mine, um, again, it is those three, but Luke Shaw is my standout. Yeah. So, I'm Luke Shaw. I've gone for Luke Shaw as well. Just because, you know, he's had... It might be a bit biased because I'm obviously a United fan, but he's had a tough, tough time at United. And then this season, he's just been easily one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, and... You know, he'll be fair this season as well, Man United. Yeah, 100%. and like his crossing ability, like you've never seen him go forward as much as he has this season, and he's just changed his game and he's just leveled up. Like that's fair, but if it was if we were picking most improved eleven of the season, I'd understand. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a bit unfair just to say oh because he's having a much better season than he's had for a couple of years to say that all of a sudden he's the best left back is probably. Um, who, like, who, who I think he's, he's fared he's behind Cresswell and Luca Dean for how they've performed this season. Luca Dean's got the same assist as Cresswell. This season, he does, right? yeah. So I've gone for Luke Shaw because I'd, I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm against the whole uh, improved player thing. I just think if you're having a good season, you're having a good season. If you're, if yeah, you're then, one of the best left-backs in the league, you're still one of the best left-backs in the league, whether, whether you're most improved or not. And I think why, at, why at Man United is he conceded more goals than than Cresswell at West Ham? Because Harry Maguire is a fucking truck. You, you can't say it's all coming because it's not all come from Harry Maguire. It's come from the left. It's come from the right. Aaron, in my opinion, Cresswell is playing at a team where they're on the back foot a lot more than United are, conceding less, and he's he's contributing more going forward. No, I'm not saying Shaw's having a bad season. Obviously, he's having an incredible season. But Cres- in my opinion, Cresswell is having a better season. Obviously, three of you picked Shaw, but I, f- I think Lawrence yeah. would agree that Shaw's probably third behind Luca Dean and Cresswell. For- so, I think he's getting. I think he's getting into the team because he's a bigger name since the summer. I think he- you're all biased. <laughs> Alex Tellez, who's an absolute baller, and he's keeping him out of the team, and I think that says a lot. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's not that's nice. I think, I think the difference, Luke Shaw as well. Like he's he's not just assisting. Like the way he's playing going forward, he's given another option. Like I, obviously, I see more of Man United games than I do of West Ham. Like I will go out of my way to watch a United game, whereas I won't do that with West Ham. So I don't get to see as much. But like I don't know, 
it, it was a toss-up between Cresswell and Shaw for me. Like, don't get me wrong, I didn't have Vinier down, but Cresswell and Shaw are my two two options. But I did put Shaw down. So who will we going for then? Quick Luke shot. Shaw. Review says sure. What is in there? Before we move on, this is. Can I just be biased for like one second? He doesn't get anywhere near the team. Don't get wrong. Like nowhere near the team. But can I just say how good of a season Ben Godfrey's had as his first season at Everton? He's been playing left back. He's been playing right back. He's been playing centre back. Jumping in the deep end, away at Anfield. I'm sorry, at home against Liverpool in the derby. Played well. Everton fans love him. I think he's an absolute rock at the back. Some massive tackles, incredible pace. He's all over the pitch. I just want to say that he's had a cracking season ever. He has. However, I hope that they don't keep him out fullback forever. He, I think he's a better centre back. No, yeah, no, I agree, but it's because um, what was his name? Was injured, wasn't he, for a while? Seamus Coleman was injured. That's why he went out there. But now he's playing centre back and right back and everywhere. But yeah, I think he had a great season, so I wanted to mention him. So, um, moving on to the midfield now. Um, obviously, we're going... We're just going for three, three midfielders. Has anyone, anyone got a holding midfielder? Because I've gone... Holding no. Yeah. Well, right. I, hang on. I think there's... Everyone agrees... Everyone's going to agree on Bruno Fernandes, right? Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, get the easy one out of the way. Yeah, we're no just checking him in. No way he cannot 15 be. goals, 10 assists. You're not, you're not, not putting That's him in. Mental. Some unreal stuff. So, there's, there's two positions then. He's not in my team. What? This what? is this is when I said what? to you yesterday. This is when oh I said to you yesterday God. I was going to scrap him because he didn't say Bruno Fernandez in this midfield. Look no. at him. Look at his face as well because he looks like he's just come up with this genius idea where Bruno Fernandez is awful and I see it. He only contributes. <laughs> Listen, he's only got more goal you, contributions than any other player Mason in the Premier Mount, League. If you put Mason Mountain in this team, he's not in no, over Bruno. He's not in this team. He's, who's over? Who's how, over how is he? So, do, do if, you, no, there's there's two players. Yeah, my three midfielders. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I want you. I just want you to give me a reason as to why he's not in your top three. Disappeared in big games. Oh. <laughs> Non-existent in big games. You you mean? Oh. Hang on. By big games, you mean games against against the big six. The big guess, six guess, in quotation which marks. Which are now ten teams. Not, not the big games. The big games aren't them anymore. The big games are like Leicester City, Everton. Games are, are arguably ten. 10 teams. And I'm saying he disappears in big games. Does he? Yeah, but he's Josh, still got 15 goals and 10 assists. Yeah, Josh, read out your midfield three. I've, I've picked one player over him. And Who? Three <laughs> players over him. No, there, there's two names that I would maybe say, fair, like, maybe fair, but he still gets over, but, like, at least you one picked, of them. But you say, picked three say names him. ahead of him. I want that. Uh, yeah. One. One of, but, but one of them is unfair because I have gone for a holding midfielder. So that that's work. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, there you go. But, do, oh, if any of you, okay, oh. I'm going to get stick for one. Uh, you're, you're, all of you will agree with one of them. I'll get stick for the other. Is one of them Kovacic? No, no. He's my only one. Just spit it out, lads. Spit it out, man. I've gone for. I've gone. I picked Gundogan over him. Yeah, no, he's in my that's, team. He's that's in my team. fine to have Gundogan in your team, but how have you over Bruno? But, well, who's, so who's, who's the other midfielder then? Because in my opinion, Gundogan's been the second best midfielder this season. Gundogan's not in my team. Gundogan's you're deluded as well then, lad. So, just say your names, Josh. I don't care. I've picked Jack Grealish over him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. I've picked the left forwards to play centre. A left forward to play spot on, Matt. That's exactly what I was going to say. 
I've gone for he's not, he's not a centre mid. He's not a centre mid. Oh no, hang on. I've put Salah as my holding midfielder because he's got a lot of goals this season. <laughs> oh, Don't get me experienced. Don't Who's get your other midfielder? Who's your other midfielder? Do you, do you want me to read out my holding midfielder? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah who's your other midfielder? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Now, this now. is going to be my beef with all of you. Suchek's not a CDM. He's not played CDM all season. He doesn't play there. He's no, not he's a holding my, midfielder. He's my midfielder, though. Yeah, no, no, but Josh, Josh has said holding midfielder. I know a few, few of you have said that he's your holding midfielder. He doesn't play holding midfield. doesn't play there. Yeah, he's, Rice, in my, he's sent a mid over Gundogan to me. Mm. Can I read out my midfield? Mine's, yeah. Mine is Bruno, Suchek and Gundogan. Okay. Oh, oh, you're making me sick. Because none of you have got the Bruyne in. Which I have. Thank you very much. I got the Bruyne in. Oh, I would put the Bruyne over two shakers. Nave, who have you got? KDB. I, I put um, Bruno, KDB, and I also went for. See, I put Rice in. Yeah, so, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I've gone. Right, I've gone for the actual three best midfielders this season. Um, so I've got Bruno Fernandes, Kevin De Bruyne, and Gundogan. And give us a sec. Here's why: when De Bruyne when De Bruyne was injured, okay, because he missed a, ch- a chunk of the season. When De Bruyne was injured, City were sixth, fifth in the league. One player in that City team stood out and carried yeah, them, and scored them, and that was Gundogan. And uh, you've yeah. seen City players putting pictures up comparing him to Torre. I think they'll, if you ask any City player who their player of the season is, it's going to be Gundogan. So he's got to be in the team because they're top of the league. And he's been it's yeah, been Matt, incredible. KDB, it was either KDB or Suchet. But I just think because uh, KDB has been injured and Suchet is playing so well for West Ham, that's the only reason he's in there. But no, it'd be fine get there if, if, De Bruyne, was... if De Bruyne didn't have... More goal contributions. I'm pretty sure he's top assists. He's got most assists in the league, right? Yeah, he's got he's got eleven assists. Yeah, yeah, eleven assists. And the season, as it continues, he'll just get more and more. He's eleven assists and three goals. I think he's yeah the goals. best player in the Premier League. He's the, be- so, the best. So we're, we're kind of all in agreement that that Gundogan, well, all right, KDB, Suchet, Gundogan, and Bruno are like the top midfielders performing. Um, we've got well, the thing is, we've got to drop one of them. And the, okay. so Bruno and KDB are in, I think. I think Bruno and De Bruyne are in. Okay, so we're so going to argue between Gundogan and, and Suchek. Yeah. I think, uh, so I'm putting down KDB and Bruno, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I would swap out Rice and then I'll, I'll play Gundogan because he has had an incredible season. Like, yeah. Suchek has come in. Don't <laughs> I'm really going to say Gundogan as well. Suchek has played really well. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, Matt, Gundogan did you know, carry Man City on his back. Yeah, but we go back to that same argument, though. It's so much easier to carry Man City than it is to carry West Ham. I'm not yeah, saying Suchek carries West Ham, but I am saying Suchek's got, Suchek's got eight goals. Yes, don't get me wrong, Gundogan's got 11. But I think Suchek's playing so much better in a, in a West Ham team. Don't get me wrong, I think Gundogan plays well in West Ham team as well. But it's harder to take West Ham to fourth than it is to keep Man City at the top. I am going to... Disagree for one. For, I'm going to disagree for one reason, and that reason is that um, in that period where he did carry them, it it didn't matter who else was in the team because although they're good players, 
they weren't performing. Everyone in that West Ham team, Suchek's not carrying anyone. He, there's no passengers in that West Ham team. For a little period, City had passengers in their team. Who? And the, the whole, the, everyone, when they had no. Ake in that lot, Ake, Laporte, Walker and okay. uh, Zinchenko weren't playing well. Fernandinho wasn't playing as well as he it has done. world-class but players, not, yeah, they are, but they weren't playing well. They were passengers at the time. Gundogan... It's easier to carry world-class players than it is to... Okay, right. Gundogan... Can we have a vote, we have a vote then? Gundogan, Gundogan, in my Gundogan. opinion, has been on the, that list of three because he plays in a slightly different position to Bruno, so I'm not expecting to have 25 goal contributions. Gundogan's had the best season because he has been a 9 or a 10 every week no matter who they're playing against. The big argument for me is that Gundogan's always had Foden, Sterling, Mares, Diaz, um, Gabriel Jesus all around him. And it's that's a lot fine, easier to... That's not a reason to not be in the team. In my I opinion. think it's easier to play better when you've got those players around you, is my argument. Yeah. Look, I love Suchek. And to be honest with you, I'd pick Rice over him because I've, I think Rice has been... Uh, arguably West Ham's best player. But he's, he's the reason Suchek can't play the way he does. Really, yeah. if Suchek gets in my team over Rice because Suchek does what Rice does, but he also scores. Yeah, but if I Rice see, I don't think he does what Rice does because they play forward, different right. positions. Suchek's a good box box midfielder, and Rice yeah. um, Rice plays in that holding role where he plays how Fernandinho played for City. Yeah. yeah, that he picks up the ball, he does the simple thing brilliantly, to, and he makes it look so easy. I think Suchek can do that, but I don't think Rice can do what Suchek does. But okay, no, it's fine. Good ones in the team. I'm, I'm not annoyed that Good ones in the team. I just right, Suchek's so, my favourite player. Uh, it sounds a little so, bit like you're annoyed that Good ones in the team. To tell you what, the main right, I'll be honest, I'll be brutally honest, boys. The main reason I'm salty about Gundogan is because every everyone has got him in their fantasy team, and I don't. <laughs> and he and he contributes. And he contributes week in, week out. And I'm there without him. I'm not, and for a period of time, I'd hit, I'd, I didn't have Gundogan or Suchek. And I was fuming. But I did have Suchek for a bit of the season. So he's in my team. Okay. And then we'll right, go back to the yeah, fact that Bruno doesn't make Josh's team. Bruno oh doesn't God. make Josh's yeah. team. Oh, my God. Over, over Bruno as well. No, they both get in. This is, this yeah. is the difference. They both get well, in. It's quite, it's quite easy to put both of them in. So, that, no, no, there's no, it's a no-brainer that both of them get in. I don't know. So the reason why I didn't pick KDB is because I think. Oh my god! We're not going off. I, I don't. He's having, he's having a phenomenal season, and he's, Wait. he's probably, he's probably, yeah. Well, he still is the best player in the Premier League. I just think this season in, in particular, he has been as good as, for example, last season. Wait, who did, did I just you hear have that? In, sorry, did I just hear you didn't have KDB or Bruno? No, I didn't. Who's, no, God. who's your other midfielder? I, I told you my free midfielder. Relish, no, you said Suchek, yeah. Gundogan. Grealish. Oh, crap. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, Jack Grealish. I dislike. <laughs> why, do you, why do you dislike Jack Grealish? I said I dislike he's, you. He's um, not a centre mid, like Josh. Um, that's fair. He's not a centre mid. Yeah, but you can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not a centre. He's not. There's, there's no. He's not a centre. He doesn't play centre. Yeah, it. but he's almost thirty six and he's got experience. Yeah, he's got experience. Oh my god. 
Moving on, man. <laughs> I actually cannot believe you haven't got either KDB or Bruno in your team. Do you, you even watch football? I'll tell you what. Do you, do you watch football? Moving on to, to the get front a cat three. Scan on his brain. Moving. I mean, I mean, I think the front three picked themselves. Yes, I, mate. I really hope you've got the same three that I do. Yeah. yeah. Can Josh go first? Yeah, Josh. Yeah. Can you say yeah. your front three? Your right wing. My right say wing. Your front three. All right, say your front three. So I've got Salah, Kane, and Son. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, Josh. Yes. Finally. Easy. He's, yes. he's done a football. He does, he does like football. Uh, the, only, the only the only change I'd I wouldn't make it myself, but the only one I'd understand us on arguing was if they said Grealish for the left, because I know lots of people love Grealish, but I don't I mean he's on mention for me. He's on mention for me for the left wing because he's quality. Yeah, but I I think that front three is spot on. Um yeah, it picks themselves, you're right. Salah having a bit of a bad season, but still scoring 17 goals. Hey, if Liverpool didn't have Salah. They'd be in a such worse position than what they are now, in my opinion, as well. Yeah, he is. The thing that surprises me is um, Mane. We call him Mane a flop, by the way. Yeah, we call him yeah, a flop this, this season. season. Seven goals, three assists. Yeah. yeah, this season. I, before, Having a bad season. The past couple seasons, I would say that Mane has been better than Salah. Like, yeah. Salah obviously yeah. scored the goals, but Mane was so important for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah I agree this with that. season, he's been... Mane's been below par this season. Yeah. Someone I'd like to mention, because I think by the end of the season, he probably gets into it ahead of someone, is Raheem Sterling. I think yeah. that um, he's going to... Obviously, the season's not over yet. They've still got a while to go. I, I think he ends up with... Uh, over Son? Uh, yeah, probably. Because yeah, I, I just that. think between now and the end of the season, Sterling's more likely... Now that City are firing right and he's back playing an important role he's on like I think might be 14 or 15 goal contributions but obviously being in the city side you don't the front three don't start every week you know it's just I mean, it's a close goes. one already isn't it it's a close one already there's no denying that so yeah. you could easily it could easily swing both ways Sterling is an incredible player he's got 14 goal contributions and this season alone and Son has got what is that um, 21 yeah Another honourable mention would have been Harvey Barnes. I'm a bit glad he yeah. got injured because um, he, he was having a great season. He it's was almost on me. 10 goals. It's, it's just like James Madison. He hasn't played anywhere near enough football this season, but I still think yeah, he's Madison, Yeah, Madison could arguably be in the team on, on yeah. his day. Again, he's another one who, come the end of the season, might might be in that midfield three. Because he's injured now, though. He's injured. For the rest of the season? No, no. He's, he's not played the last two games. and I don't think he's playing tomorrow either. Does um... he play tomorrow. Is there any other strikers that get close to Kane? Because, I mean, Kane, 14 no, goals and 11 assists. Like, what a player he's been this season. I don't, I don't think anyone gets close to him. There, there's players having good seasons. Bamford's having a good season. Yeah. Bamford, yeah. Uh, Calvert-Lewin, Calvert-Lewin as well. Calvert-Lewin started yeah. quality, dropped off a bit. Jimmy Vardy's um, always consistently there. Yeah, if, New, if Newcastle stay yeah. up, you could argue Callum Wilson. because he's Yeah, he's injured now, though, isn't he? And they're struggling. Shows how important he was now they're struggling without him in the team. Yeah. Are we not, but, are we not saying Callum Hudson Adore is? <laughs> well, he's just the best player in the Premier League. <laughs> the experience that that lad has got—he's a left back. He might have been subbed on and off in the same game, but by far the most on-form player in the Premier League, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> now we've done the team. One of how Bruno didn't get in Josh's team is 
I literally just I can't believe it. I'm still. In... So the worst thing is I can believe it because it's Josh. No, no, I, I still even though it's Josh, I still can't believe that Bruno and KDB don't even get mentioned in his team. It's a so so for me when I was picking it. So You're drunk. <laughs> so Gundogan gets in over Bruno for me. Well, <laughs> no, how does he does I I. I, I hate the fact that Bruno is absolutely fantastic in every single game apart from an important one. I hate hang on, it. hang on. Stop no. using the word important because you've got this idea in your head that Chelsea are important when they're not. <laughs> I'm not on about just Chelsea, though. There's, there's arguably 10 top six clubs in the Premier League now. He's scored the winner in the And Cup if he's scoring goals against, against them, then... Yeah. Scored I, 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 winner I in the Cup quarters against I Liverpool. Think, I don't think it was very good. Oh, I... I you know the big six. Yeah, that's what the, the, the big, big six. six. The big six is not a thing anymore. It's I don't. It's just not a big. It's just not a thing. The, the biggest clubs. They're not the best teams. Yeah, so he, he, turned, he turned up against Everton, and Everton will finish. Leicester. Up. He turned up against Leicester. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 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 still standing by it. I I've seen goals and ten assists like in the Prem is massive. Unbelievable stage of the season. Bruno scored more than Gundogan has contributed. Nah, that, that, there we go. I don't know how you can say that he hasn't been. He doesn't make che- he doesn't make the Chelsea starting lineup as a job because <laughs> he can't play fullback. <laughs> so it doesn't, um, it doesn't fit, fit Thomas Tuchel's incredible. Oh my god! So oh. reading out the eleven, then we've got Martinez. <laughs> um. We've got Shaw at left back, Stones and Diaz at centre back, and Cancelo at right back. And then we've got Gundogan, KDB, and Bruno in midfield, and then Salah, Kane, and Son up front. Yeah. Is everyone happy? It's all right, team, isn't it? It's all right, team. It's not bad. Do you think it would win the league? No, not ahead of City. <laughs> oh, can we do manager then? Should we do manager? Yeah, that's not a bad shout. David Moyes. Oh, I didn't think Moyes. about manager. David. I think David Moyes. I was going to say David Moyes. Doing a very good job, I need to be fair to him. David Moyes or Pep Guardiola. Yeah, it would, it would if, uh, if City, if City, if uh, if West Ham finish top four, but City win the rest of their games this season, who do you pick? Pep. You've got to pick Pep, surely. Pep. You've got to pick, got to pick Pep. I, w- I would say, though, if, if, you, if, you're, picking, if you're picking Moyes, I'd, I'd throw Brendan Rodgers in there. I don't know. I think the Leicester team on paper is substantially better than the West Ham team. Yeah, Leicester yeah. already finished it. it. Don't get me wrong, because this it, Brendan Rodgers is doing an incredible job. Arguably the, one of the best managers in the league, but um, he's kind Just of expected to be at, last season. Look he's expected to be Leicester top seven. Yeah, and Leicester was a relegation battle at one point. Leicester is starting to curtail off as well. I could they might slip out those Champions League spots to be honest with the injuries and stuff. Knocked out the Europa League as well. Should we move on to this weekend's fixtures? Yeah. Yeah. So, who, has someone got the fixtures up already or should I? Yeah, I've got it all on the Excel spreadsheet here, mate. I'll crack yeah. on if you want. So, just I think brief, we should just, just go over who's week. where. Yeah, just off. Oh, convenient that you want to just have a little yeah, touch on the league. So, last week, the league table looks like this. Matt is first. So, the way I've done it is for a correct for a correct score, you get five points. The correct result, you get two. And you get nothing for a loss. Because um, that's how Super 6 does it. So I think it's a lot easier doing that way. 
Matt got three correct scores and one correct result. So he sits top of the league at 17 points, correctly predicting Leicester, Arsenal, Tottenham, Burnley and Chelsea United. And unfortunately, boys, second place is Josh. <laughs> after, after correctly predicting Liverpool, Sheffield United and getting four other correct results. Third is Tom on 10 points. Fourth is me with eight. And Nathan is last with six. Yes, so moving Nate. on to this weekend's fixtures. First of all, so we've skipped the midweek ones. We've gone straight to the weekend. There were eight fixtures, Saturday and Sunday. First one on Friday is Burnley-Arsenal. Turf Moor. Read out who you want. Read, read out who you want to say the result. We'll go Josh first. Burnley-Arsenal. Uh, I would go 2-0 Arsenal. Okay, thank you. Next is Nathan. Um, I'll say a three-one Arsenal. Next is Matt. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go for two-nil Arsenal. And Thomas. I would two-nil Arsenal as well. All right. Okay. So I'll go two-one Arsenal because hopefully Chris Wood pops up with a 90th minute consolation and I get five points. <laughs> right, next one, Josh, is Sheffield United-Southampton. Um, That's a tough one, you know. Yeah. Born from uh, both these teams, by the way. I don't know, you know. I reckon... Oh, I don't know. No, I reckon... I reckon... 2-1 but I haven't decided which way I think it's going to go yet 2-1 Southampton Nathan? 1-0 Southampton Matt? 0-0 uh, Tom? 1-0 Southampton more Prowse free kick I've gone 1-0 for that one next one Josh is Aston Villa Wolves that's such stuff. That's a game, um, I think I think Villa will edge it. Again, I might go for a, I might go for another two one, or maybe a three one. No, two one, two one. Two one Villa. Yeah, two one Villa. Nathan, one all. Matt. Oh, it's a tough because it's a derby game. Um, two one to Wolves. Ooh. I was going to say 2-1 as well, of course. 2-1 Wolves, Tom? Yeah, I was going to say that. I've gone 2-0 Villa. <laughs> Brighton Leicester at the Amex. That's another tough one. Who's going first, me? Yeah. Like you have the all the previous times, yeah. So what, after this game, I'll switch the order so it's, so it's a bit more fair and Josh. 3-0 Leicester. Wow. God. Nice. Um, 2 0 Leicester. Matt. 3 2 Leicester. I think Brighton are going to score twice. No. Tom. Eric. 3 1 Leicester. I'm going to go 2 1 Brighton. Oh, that's what I was thinking. But I didn't go for it. I think Brighton definitely score goals this game. Yeah. I just think Leicester's poor in a form. 
combined with Brighton, Brighton's expected goals. It depends how much I want to read into that, but I just see Brighton getting a big result this, this weekend. Uh, so we'll go reverse order. So we go Tom first, and we've got West Brom hosting Newcastle. That's a big game, isn't it? Um, That's a big game. I, it's a big game, but yeah. I'm going to say 2-1 West Brom. One all. Uh, Nathan. I was going to go for one all as well. And Josh. Am I correct in saying that Saint Maximan's out injured again now? Yeah. Yeah. Bold claim. I'm going to go nil nil. I was. I've gone nil nil. It's not really a bold claim, is it? I was expecting. I was expecting like a five-two West Brom or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, oh, I, yeah. I just. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a bold claim because you think, like, I mean, do Newcastle really have, oh, I suppose, without Callum Wilson and St. Maximan, it's not really a bold claim. Well, I was going to say, do, do you, is it a bold claim to say that Newcastle never score? They're missing Almoron as well, I think. Yeah, they're missing quite a few attacking players. He is dog, though, by the way. Can we just say that? I like Almoron. I really don't. Anyway, moving on. Fulham. Liverpool Fulham, Tom. Uh, one 0 Liverpool. One, okay. Matt. Three 0 Liverpool. Nice. Uh, two 0 Liverpool. Josh. They had a bit of trouble playing Fulham last time, didn't they? That's what I'm thinking. They drew. They drew one all, I think. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon it's going to be a bit of a goal fest. Nil nil. <laughs> Yeah, bold, bold claim. claim. I'm going four, two, four, two. I've gone four nil Liverpool. Right, biggest game of the weekend, Tom. Manchester United versus Manchester City. Uh, I'm going to say United fan. I'm going to say two nil City. <sighs> that must hurt. Yeah, I know. Matt. Uh, 2-1-C but United will take the lead yeah, yeah, I can, yeah I can see where you're coming from 2-1 um, 2-1 oh, uh, 1-0 City uh, Josh I'm going to go 2-0 City they won 2 0 last game, didn't they, against United? Right. I'm going to go. Yeah, I think they did, yeah. 4 1 City. Ah, uh, I can't say that. What I will say, although United don't seem to win against the big sectors, they are quite defensively sound against them all. Can I, can I change mine? Which one, mate? Because you can change any of them, to be fair, they're all a bit. That's the Derby. Yeah, what do you want? You've gone 2 0 City. Can I change it to 3 0 City? Of course you can, mate. Yeah. Uh, can I right. change my Chelsea one? Oh, right. No. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't done a Chelsea there one. <laughs> there isn't a Chelsea one. Um, right, last game we're doing for the weekend is Tottenham wow. home to Crystal Palace. And Tom, what do you think? Uh, Tottenham doing two now. Matt? 2-1. Uh, Spurs. Nice. 3-1 Spurs. Josh. 2-0 uh, Spurs. 
I'm going to go 3-0 Spurs. Are we not doing the Monday games? Say again? Are we not doing the Monday games this week? How many Monday games are there? Two. That mate, it's all ten fixtures then, isn't it? Yeah, go for it. What are they? Chelsea Everton. And then? Uh, West Ham Leeds. All right, then. Chelsea West Ham. We'll start off with Josh. You mean Chelsea Everton? Chelsea Everton. Chelsea Everton. Yeah, that's what I said. Start with Josh. I reckon it'll be 1 0 Chelsea. Uh, Nathan? 1 0. Uh, Matt? 1 0 Everton. I was thinking this, you know. Tom? Mate, I was going to be 1 0 Everton as well. 1 0 Everton, yeah? Yeah, mate, 1 0 Everton, mate. I'll go one all. I don't know. I'll go one all. I'll change that. Can I change that quickly? I'm going to go one one nil Chelsea because Chelsea are very sound at the back. Right, West Ham leads. Tom, let's done that, Tom. West Ham to win three nil. Three nil. Okay. Wait, who was it again? West Matt. West Ham um, leads. West Ham leads. I think it'll be one nil. Either way, West Ham. Nice. 2-1 West Ham. Josh. 3-1 West Ham. I was going to do that. And I am. I'm going to go 3-1 West Ham. Thank you very much. Um, I would like... It doesn't count towards the league as well, but I would like to get school predictions for tomorrow's game, which is Chelsea-Liverpool. 3-1 Liverpool. At the bridge. At the bridge. At Anfield. Is it? uh... Bridge, isn't it? I'd like to think Josh knows. Let me fact check that. It's at Anfield. Yeah, it's at Anfield. (laughs) (laughs) Then I go 2-1 Lee Liverpool. I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. Oh, wow. I mean, it was surprising with Liverpool's defence. How many goals have Chelsea conceded? And there's two at the moment. We've we've scored one goal from an opposition player since Tuchel took charge. You've scored one goal from an opposition player. Sorry, we've scored Say that again. No, we've conceded one goal from an opposition yeah. player because one of them was Rudiger's own goal, wasn't it? Okay, so you've conceded twice since <laughs> Tuchel's. I think one. One goal from an opposition player since Tuchel took charge. Right. Okay. Dude. When did he take charge? Four, five games ago. So, oh, yeah. yeah, so since Burnley. So I, I, I think it's going to be a two-one Chelsea win. If we get predictions, I'd say 2 I still think Liverpool get top four this season, so I think they, they beat Chelsea. If we do predictions on Josh's team, can we get prediction for Norwich Brentford top be second tonight? Norwich and Burnley, I can. Oh, Tom, don't get me excited. 1-0. Brentford to win. One Thanks, one. Matt. 1-0 one, no, Norwich. Hope I'll, go win. Hope I'll go get relegated, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'll, back the, I'll back the boys 2-1. Buendia and Pookie That's linking great. up again. Draw written all over it. Mate, I'll, I'll take a draw right now. Uh, Tariq Fosu and Ivan Tony put you to the sword, mate. As long as you don't lose, I'm happy. Yeah. 
Anyway, thank you. Is that everything then, boys? I believe that is everything. I believe so. On that note, I believe it is probably time to end. Um, what was it that we were doing in episode three? Did anyone? Did we decide? I think it was our England squad. Yeah, oh, maybe. Okay. All right, our England squad. Just take a look at the Oh, no. <laughs> this is going to be a be fun. It's going to be like a three-hour-long episode. Squad. Um, um, all right, so I'll be doing the full... So how, how, how many players is it? Is it 23? 23-man squad. We're doing the whole 23-man squad next episode then. Yes. Um, it makes it easier knowing Jack Grealish is a, a central midfielder, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Narrowed it down. <laughs> so, yeah, tune in for the next episode, episode three of the Team Talk podcast. We'll be discussing the England Euro squad, the 23 man squad that we're going to be taking. Um, I mean, I say we're going to be taking them. We're not actually going to, I mean, we, we have no authority on this. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? We would take. Oh, I'm not doing it then. Um, yeah, so make sure that you tune into the next episode. And until next time, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from everyone else. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, good friend. Goodbye. See you on the next episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. See you later.